Hello, welcome to the Essential B2B podcast. My name is Joe Ducaro. I am your host. This episode is the audio from our recent webinar masterclass. Increase high quality traffic to your website. I had such a good time recording this one. We had excellent guests, as always, giving you actionable tips that you can put in place immediately. You're going to get absolutely loads out of this episode. So please enjoy. Hello and welcome to this Lead Forensics webinar entitled Masterclass. Increase high quality traffic to your website. I'm Brand Awareness Manager and host Joe Ducaro. Uh, and if you were to ask any marketer or entrepreneur on the planet what they'd like more of, they'll generally say more customers. But what comes frequently after that? More traffic to their websites. If you find driving enough relevant traffic to your website to be a constant battle, you're not alone. 61% of your fellow marketers name this as their biggest overall challenge. So with this in mind, we've, got, we've gathered together an expert panel of speakers for today's discussion, and we guarantee you're going to come away with some actionable tips that you can apply straight away to get results. So please meet Carl Hewitt, CEO and co-founder of Hewitt Matthews. Hi, Carl. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Uh, we have Charles Barkham, senior strategist from Punch B2B. Hi, Charles. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, always. Uh, Sarah Townsend, Head of MarTech and Digital Experiences at The Croc. Hi, Sarah. Hiya. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure, as always. Claire Daniels, CEO of Trio Media. Hi, pleasure to be here. And last but not least, Steve Yates, Head of Marketing from Ignite. Hi, Steve. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. All the better for speaking to all of you guys. So thanks for joining us. Let's jump straight into it. So we're here to run through the high impact tactics guaranteed to drive more relevant traffic. So there's essentially two ways to drive traffic to your website. The first is free with search engine optimization, blogs, content, organic reach from social media. The second way is paid, which gets results as a premium. So in your experience, where have you seen success in driving traffic to your websites? It'd be great to hear what you focus on, give some examples of what has and hasn't worked for you. So I think, Steve, should we start with you for that one? Okay, sure. Um, so we're still a relative, relatively new company um, and we're doing something innovative. So we do rely quite a lot on paid search today. Uh, I'd say it's probably two thirds paid and one third um, organic. Um, so a lot of work that we do, field marketing, content syndication is driving that organic traffic, but we do rely quite heavily on paid search today. Uh, Charles, is it a similar story for you? Yeah, I mean, as a company ourselves, we are a B2B agency. Um, so primarily for us, we do a lot of organic social. Um, we tend to do a lot of thought leadership type pieces. Um, so organic kind of makes a lot of sense for us in terms of trying to build a community and the likes. But for our clients, a lot of the time we do do a lot of um, paid outreach to drive specific messages to certain audiences. So we do tend to see a, a kind of mix of both in our agency. So did you say it was sort of an even mix or did you say it was slightly weighted like Steve said his was, was it? Or? Yeah, so definitely for our internal marketing, we definitely focus a lot more on organic. Um, but for our clients, it's... Uh, definitely a lot more on the paid side. And uh, Claire, similar stories for you or slightly different? We see a real mix and it's always going to depend on the audience. You know, we work with a range of businesses across B2B and B2C from like 
e-commerce through to tech and recruitment and everything in between so it's going to depend who your target audience is and where they're spending time and obviously you can't reach them organically that's when you're going to go through a paid route so paid social paid search could be really great if you don't have huge followings organically on social media or organically on google for example um, but the goal really for most businesses is certainly to get more traffic coming through organic than coming through paid um, so obviously the cost uh, per acquisition becomes a lot lower but you can still get that those volumes of traffic through so definitely longer term I think businesses should be aiming for a organic strategy that fills up your traffic but yeah it, it really depends you know we have startups who come to us and in order to get them in front of their customers from day one you're going to have to go down a paid strategy route really so in terms of um social media bits bits so the organic stuff um carl i think i'll come to you on this one um in your experience can you make social media work in terms of driving traffic or does it not necessarily work quite as well for b2b yeah no you absolutely can i think the misconception though the problem we see is People forget how long the sales cycle is when it comes to B2B marketing. And so they think it's going to work like B2C. And, you know, if you, if you chuck some content out, great, you'll get some visitors and some hits and some conversions. But it, it's such a long nine times out of ten. It's just understanding the audience you're talking to and how long it's going to take to come through is really the key thing. But hands down, you know, LinkedIn advertising and organic content. I think everyone here can attest just how powerful that can be if it's done properly. You know, when you leverage LinkedIn paid ads, because we're a paid media company, so if you leverage Lead Forensic and LinkedIn paid ads, it's just incredible, but it takes that kind of um, expertise and time to get it right, I think. Absolutely, I think that's a fantastic point you make. Um, so then, how can you bring content to life in an impactful way to drive web traffic then? Does anyone want to volunteer on that one? Yep, I'll take this one. Um, so obviously content is content is more important than it's ever been to um, users as we know the b2b buying journey it's not simple it's not linear there's hardly ever one person involved in in that decision and that journey so it's really important to deliver content that really has cut through at each point in the journey so you know whether it's the the sort of awareness stage or the consideration or, or helping users to to sort of make that purchase it's about finding the right content by looking and understanding your audiences and where they are within that journey and creating the content that's that supports where they are within the journey and delivers that sort of contextual messaging to, to sort of take them through further that journey to purchase i would also um, add to that sorry. if i can so you about bringing content to life one of the key ways to do that is video and you know a lot of brands are still scared of creating video content or think it's going to be really costly um, you know or take a lot of time and effort to produce but actually what we've seen more of is user-generated content you know TikTok reels the type of stuff that is very organic can just be recorded on a phone doesn't take huge production so certainly when we're looking at yeah bringing content to life harnessing video is is absolutely the way to go to kind of engage your audience and get them engaging with your brand engaging with your posts on social media for longer you know if they're watching a video rather than just scrolling through one organic post so yeah that's definitely a really key way I, th I think you're absolutely right Claire that is a, an excellent point I think something else that occurs to me with sort of social media platforms that's kind of like my background bits and pieces that I work in 
it does seem that quite a lot of the social media platforms now are just trying to emulate TikTok. You see what I mean? So like everybody's got that sort of the scroll up and you've got quick fire videos just all coming through. So no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, Steve, your thoughts on that one. How can you bring bring content to life? Is it just videos? You got any other sort of examples what works for you? I think what I've found in the in the B2B space is it's about having the right content for the right audience as well. So for example, we work with media companies quite a lot and we find that infographics, so links through to infographics are working better for that group. Uh, with the life science uh, audience, we're doing white papers and sort of longer form technical information. In the construction space, they seem to like webinars more. Um, so it, it isn't that, you know, in my experience, it isn't one thing that works. It's not, you know, blue or yellow or, or green. And you obviously always have to always be testing. It's about really understanding what the, what that customer likes to consume and then putting the right content in front of them. Absolutely. So making it absolutely appropriate for that person at that point in the journey, I suppose, as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charles, any more thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with everything everyone said. Um, I think I'd also add that I think just really strong creativity is essential to anything you're doing. If you think about the type of platforms you may be using, LinkedIn, Google, uh, whatever it is, you need to catch the attention of the people that you're going after. Um, you might catch them at the right time in the right place, but if they scroll past it, then um, you've, you've lost them almost. So like something that really stands out, consider what your competitors are doing, um, consider how visually striking you know your ads are, um, and, and all of those types of things. But yeah, I'd say creative um, is, is something that, Especially in the B2B space, is often sometimes been neglected as well. It's seen as almost the, the lesser cool side of marketing outside of the B2C space. But um, yeah, it's 100% something that needs to be, um, have a real focus on, especially with that, um, the content creation and the, the ads you're putting out. Carl, you were um, smiling and nodding your head a lot during that. So I'm guessing you're pretty much in agreement with Charles. Do you have anything more to add on that one? Yeah, no, I totally agree with what again what everyone said and with what Charles was saying there as well. If you've got the right audience, the right timing, the right message, great. But if it doesn't look good, it's not going to be scroll stopping and people will carry on. I think um, another thing we were talking about in the office actually this week was around when we work with a lot of clients, we tend to put together, uh, and this kind of links, I suppose, all the points, but um, a bit of a persona messaging matrix. So, like, so Google did some research in 2021, it was 43% of B2B purchases now involve eight or more stakeholders which is eight or more different people with different drivers as to why they're going to buy from you so it's like your content your creative and what you're saying and your messaging needs to be tailored to each of them and then sarah to your point as well to what point they are in the buying cycle because the cfo is really only going to care about one thing and that's the money the marketing director is going to care about how many leads it's going to get them or whatever else so figuring out what message do you need to put through to each persona and then tailoring your content to that as well is, is really key yeah, totally agree. Totally agree with Carl. And I think uh, going back to the where that stage in the journey, you know, when you're looking at the awareness stage, people may not be interested in viewing content that that is too heavy if they're trying if it's a brand awareness piece and you're trying to educate people about your brand. Um, but then moving through the consideration phase, it's about providing content potentially that is more sort of educational. So, you know, to Charles's part about the the sort of thought leadership pieces, case studies, white papers. Um, and then, you know, potentially serving up demos when it comes to, to, to the right point, letting users self-serve um, viewing demos if that works for them, because it's about creating that tipping point between marketing and sales 
where actually that contact is, or, or that that lead, if you like, is ready to be spoken to, um, and your sales team then have all the dynamite they need to be able to sort of speak to that lead or customer um, with a with a lot of ammunition. Absolutely. Again, more excellent points. I do hope our audience is writing all these down just to sort of like, right, well, I'm going to definitely start doing this from now. Carl, you mentioned something just there, which is it's at the forefront of my mind, being the sort of brand awareness manager for Lead Forensics, you mentioned pattern break. So just, you know, so you're scrolling through and then suddenly what's the one thing that you stop and you go, hang on a minute, what's that? So just to give an example of something that I had recently, uh, there was a video which, again, I was just scrolling through, just looking for sort of, you know, comparative bits. And there was a video which had one of the best pattern breaks I've ever seen because it was a picture of a guy who had um, sort of phrenology um, charts sort of drawn on his skull. And then it said, are you still selling based on head size? And then the title of the video was how Ford used to sell cars based on head size. And then it went to this brilliant video just to explain all this sort of thing. So what sort of things do you think make an impactful pattern break what is it what, what examples do you have of having put something out that has worked for you in, in that sort of thing or have you seen something out in the world yourself yeah and that's a really good point and pattern break is such an important thing is that scroll stomping is all of that kind of content you get out there and i think you know there's best practices so like on linkedin really colorful make keep your brand prominent but don't go overbearing with your brand they're more interested in what you're offering don't go too text heavy data isn't mm -hmm. Data and charts, sorry, are really helpful, but also it really comes down to understanding your audience and segmenting up, like we talked about, and, and getting something that's going to resonate with them. And I think the best example for me is we ran a campaign for an IT company, and they wanted us to run these really specific infographics, and, and it was a very kind of this is what we want, this is what we're going to run. So we said, fine, but can we just siphon off some budget and try something ourselves because we've got an idea that we think will work? And this was a few years ago when the new Star Wars films were, were out, and um, we were, we were going after this really specific job title and we'd done some research and we sort of looked into some insights and that was a big thing with our target audience um, in the space. So the adverts we ran just had huge pictures of Baby Yoda, right? Because that was, that was what was popular at the time. And you look across all of the adverts, what generated the most clicks, engagement, at the end the most conversions. And it was this picture of Baby Yoda because if you're scrolling through LinkedIn and it's like, anti-fishing software or whatever whatever and it gets boring and then suddenly baby yoda's there that you just watched last week with friends it changes it and that's a real pattern break. and so it is about that understanding as well and making sure you know how to resonate and, and stop them uh, from scrolling there is uh, a reason that i'm smiling quite a lot and that's because if i just do this oh yes brilliant <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we planned that carl that was fantastic um, guys, does anyone else have any sort of really good um, examples of pattern breaks? Anyone want to volunteer any that they've seen? I'll, um, I'll talk. I won't go into an example, but I agree with Carl completely, not only in knowing your audience, but just differentiating in the sense that you mentioned, Carl, about seeing the same thing, but then seeing something completely different. Um, and that's not, not only necessarily is it you know something that's relevant to your audience but it's just different from what they're seeing currently if they're in a certain space and they're seeing the same competitors you someone mentioned life sciences as a sector earlier for example if you're seeing closed up you know stock imagery of vials and people in um, lab coats and stuff seeing that constantly but then if you see something that's quite different in terms of a creative style on your uh, on your page 
then it's obviously going to stand out and, and kind of cause a pattern break. So not only knowing your audience, but also kind of trying to differentiate from, from what they're seeing currently as well. Yeah, there's, there's a quote that's, um, it's, it's about what your audience wants to see, not what you're trying to sell them. And it's a very different approach to it rather than, this is my stuff, buy it. And suddenly you think that buys you the golden ticket to getting your invoices signed off. It's a case of like, well, what do they want to see and what do they want to know about and, and catering to that. So yeah, totally agree, Charles, that's spot on. It's so funny because I didn't know there was a, an official quote of that, but I always say it's about what people want to hear, not what you want to tell them. So yeah, same thing. I mean, I, I think there can be quite a different split here between organic and paid that we we're talking about earlier, because obviously paid people aren't necessarily expecting to see content from your company. So you do have to stand out a lot more in those aspects. However, if it's organic and you're scrolling through, you know, this is a really simple one, but actually something we see time and time again that works so well for businesses is posts with your actual people in get far more engagement than anything else. So that seems so simple. But again, look at your own stats. What's engaging with people? What do people like to see? Do more of that and actually put in people at the forefront if that's what differentiates you. Um, obviously, no one has your team. So it is an immediate di differentiator, even though it sounds so simple. So things like that work really well organically because those people are already that little bit more engaged because they're following you so they want to know your story and they want to know a bit more so you've, you've got an opportunity to kind of message things a little bit differently to your organic followers versus your paid ads but absolutely agree with Charles and Carl from the paid side I also actually heard someone say recently um, with regards to TikToks because obviously you've got so little time to engage with your audience even starting like midway through your first word or your first couple of words is going to capture people because they're already getting the gist of what you're saying rather than they go on and it's you know breath in and then start talking like I'm already bored I've gone past um you know and I know a lot of b2b businesses might be thinking yeah great but TikTok's not for me I'd say probably is and also you mentioned earlier Joe about how everyone's going that way the one thing I keep saying to people is that everyone wishes they were there in the early days of Instagram and goes, oh, I wish I could have capitalized on Instagram and grow, grow my followers whilst I could. That opportunity is here and now on TikTok to get on it because this is going to be the, the platform. So getting on there and just creating some fun, unique content is going to be really important. Absolutely. And again, it's sorry, Carl, to cut across you. Um, if you've got logos at the start of your video for three seconds, logos yeah. take it out no one cares in the nicest way You're why does everyone want their logo on everything and make it bigger and <laughs> it's the standard thing that is debate marketing agencies life of like can i have the logo on it can the logo be bigger um no <laughs> I think you're absolutely right not, get get your people in it and that seems to it definitely drive more much more engagement um so quite often people will visit B2B websites to find out more, but they won't necessarily inquire. So how do you go about recognizing intent without the conversion at that stage? So uh, Steve will come to you and then Sarah, I'm aware that you guys haven't had a chance to speak quite so much yet. So we'll go Steve and then Sarah, if that's okay. I'm probably, I don't have the strongest opinion here. So um, what we tend to do, would, people come to the website, they'll engage with chat and then we take it, we take it from there. We're not doing a lot of intent based targeting today, maybe we need to talk to lead forensics a little bit more in that space. Um, I, I rely on trying to share stories with people and trying to share the right content and then they'll come back when they're ready um, rather than you know looking at are they ready and are they giving off the right signals. 
And so I don't, I don't have a lot of insight in that space. Okay, well, that's absolutely fine. Thank you, Sarah. Let's come across yeah, to you, no, shall we? I I guess I guess it depends what your strategy is again. So if you're if you're looking at a sort of organic strategy, obviously understanding search intent is 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 essential. Um, you know, understanding whether a, a user is looking at um, an informational request or a transactional request, um, and then tailoring the sort of experience based on that and creating your pillar pages or landing pages that support those sorts of queries is really important. Um, but there are, you know, sort of intent platforms that can help you to understand, you know, what users are doing before they're actually engaging with your site. So understanding what their behaviours are, what their interests are, where they're active, um, you know, these sorts of pl platforms obviously require budget, but they can be really powerful in a B2B sense in, a, in being able to serve up personalised experiences um, on site. But I think, um, you know, a key element is you can drive as much traffic to your site as you want via organic and paid, but you have to make sure that the experience when they get there is 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 right, is is fast, is accessible, um, you know, and sort of meets the criteria that it does um, to to sort of ensure that a user could potentially go away, as you say, if they don't convert, they could engage with a piece of content on your site. And then if their experience isn't great, they'll go away and they won't come back. They'll go and search for a competitor. But for example, if your digital experience is optimised, um, you've got more chance of that user then going away um, after they've engaged with a particular piece of content on your site, whether it's a video, a case study, white paper, and then coming back um, nudged a little bit further towards um, purchase or, you know, they've shared information with a colleague and that colleague then picks up and then, um, you know, potentially um, does a sort of value exchange on site. So assessment tools are a great way of doing that. You know, give the user, um, ask the user information, data capture, and then in exchange, you provide them with a personalised report, for example. Um, so, you know, it's understanding intent is important, obviously, but it's also really essential that the experience is great as well to in order, so that they can come back after they've made that initial uh, touch point. Absolutely. I think it was, uh, we had Chris Murray on a little while ago and he said that your website absolutely should be the embodiment of your best salesperson. So if that, if, you know, there's a piece of content on there that's super clear about exactly what it is that you're selling, why they should buy from you, you know, solving their problem and everything, it's half the battle, isn't it? So um, does anyone have anything more to add on that one? Um, I would just add kind of to complement what Sarah said, definitely your keywords can be a really powerful tool here in that intent. So looking at what people were searching when they landed on your site and, you know, this as, as a PPC agency and, you know, anyone that deals with PPC knows how powerful negative keywords are to ruling out the people you don't want or traffic you don't want to pay for. You know, we've got a list of thousands of keywords um, that we put into our negative list as standard because we know that if that term is included in their search, they're not ready to buy. So on a PPC campaign, we only want to pay for traffic that is searching with an intent to buy based on the language and what they're typing in obviously with organic search you can be a bit more open to driving traffic through because you're not paying per click but yeah that that keyword piece is is super valuable and then definitely agree that the experience once you drive them there um because you know you mentioned it at the start joe about everyone wants more sales but then a piece of that is traffic. You know, if anyone's on here and it's about getting more traffic, well, why do you want more traffic? And let's look at every part of the journey because 
you could get more traffic, but it's not necessarily going to get you more sales. So you need to get the right traffic um, or take the existing traffic you're getting and convert it better based on that experience once they land on your site. So just going off of the, um, would you consider like on-site conversion the only KPI for the quality of your traffic? Um, well, if I could kind of weigh in on that one, I think it's really, you know, like Carl Sarah touched on earlier with the self-serve um, sort of notion with B2B, that is becoming bigger and bigger. People do so much more of their own research and, you know, comparisons of, of different products before they make a decision and get to the point where they just want to be able to buy with, with their own sort of um, autonomy. And part of that is they're giving away so many different valuable pieces of data and behaviours and actions that you need to be tracking that aren't just that final last click touch point. You know, we, when we run a campaign, we track so many KPIs from both in platform and on page. So like on Facebook, for example, their ad relevance metric is, is more of an in-platform metric, but your bounce rate is something that's more about your website. But each one gives you so much information about how well your ads are performing, but also where they're not performing, where they're falling down. Because all of these metrics are interlinked. You know, if your click-through rate's really low, your, your engagement's really low, your impressions are really high, it means a lot of people are seeing it, but no one's engaging with it, so your content's probably rubbish, or your audience isn't right. You know, in that kind of stuff, you need to be looking at all your metrics. And in conversion-wise, someone's downloading a white paper or they're spending, um, you know, two minutes on a blog article, you can track that conversion action, run that through Google Ads as an event, cause it to fire in, in Google Ads, and then you can start to use Google's AI to optimize that sort of positive behavior. And all of that is so valuable as what we call micro-conversions. Um, to sort of start building on that, and it's so important to look at those rather than just the last click. Well, yeah, so it's definitely a much more in-depth look at you know what it is exactly to to you know to, to be scoring yourself on, I suppose. Steve, I noticed you were making a few notes while we were listening to to Carl there. Do you, have you got something to add? Please feel free to jump in. I'm making notes of things that I need to do better. So um, <laughs> that's what we promised. That's not we don't do that as well as we. Sh- should today so most of the time that we're driving people towards doing online demos and then signing up for free trials um and i, I don't do a lot of yeah intent-based targeting today so yeah i was making some notes and uh, i might have to talk to carl later about some better ways to do things <laughs> Boy, fantastic i mean you know we promised valuable content i'm really pleased that even amongst ourselves we're all learning something so that's fantastic yeah um, i think there's a there with what Claire was saying earlier about um, it's not about driving more traffic, right? So my my sales team aren't asking me for more leads. They're always asking me for better leads. They want better interactions. They don't want more. Um, so it, it's that's the, the most important thing for me right now is make sure that our targeting is right, that we're talking to the right people, um, to the right things. I don't just want to turn, you know, getting 60 million people pinging our website on a, on a Monday because that's that's not going to help. Um, so getting the right people to interact is is, is core. For me. And and hopefully, like as as Carl was saying there, where people are becoming more and more sort of autonomous and, and doing their research. Hopefully, that does narrow it down slightly. But I, yeah, I can imagine that you know it's it's a pretty tricky one to navigate that one. Um, so there are many different ways of actually you know driving traffic to your website. So how do you know exactly when to change things up when something you know this maybe isn't quite working quite as well as we thought how would you go about deciding okay let's do something different Sarah should we come to you on that one 
Uh, yeah, I think it's just down to data, data, data. Like, what is the data telling you um, around, um, you know, what's working, what's not working, what's being engaged with, where users are dropping off, where they're experiencing pain points. Um, and there's a plethora of tools that can help you to do that, um, as well as ones that, you know, a sort of part of your own stack. But yeah, I think it's really about consistently measuring data across um, all of your activity um, to, to sort of see where you need to, to dial things up, dial things down, change things, where you may need to implement A-B testing, for example. Um, it's ju just really sort of keeping, keeping on top of it, really, and just monitoring things on a regular basis and making sure that you're, you're switching things up and testing it and just seeing how that impacts the data, because at the end of the day, data is king. Data is key. Okay, everybody, Steve, get your notebook out, make a note of that one as well. <laughs> Charles, we'll come to you with the same question. So, um, how do you know when to change things up? You know, uh, when it's not working anymore. But um, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, it's there's so many different things in there to think about. Um, it depends on kind of what's not working. Like, do you want to expand your audience wider if you're not seeing the type of results you're expecting? Do you need to put more budget in there if you're not seeing the type of results you're expecting? Um, could be again, I'm sorry to sound like I'm banging drum here, but creative, do you need to mix that up? And, you know, if you're doing a, a brand campaign, for example, do you need to stay consistent in the creative you're doing, but just mix it up in terms of the actual ads you're putting out and refresh those um, on a, a bi-monthly basis, whatever it may be? Do you need to come up with a whole new uh, idea if it's kind of run its course? And again, um, as kind of Sarah alluded to, you'll kind of see that within within the metrics and and be able to kind of identify that but it kind of depends on the area um like you said whether it's audience whether it's the creative i'm oh, sorry claire i was looking at you i thought you were sort of leaning up to your mic yeah. to yeah. please yeah, go I'll ahead um so i agree with everything that's been said so far but also it's about not necessarily stopping but changing and you know listening to the language of like charles and sarah that's what they're saying and i, th I think that's the easy thing like if you're not seeing results, people think we'd stop doing that thing. But it's actually about assessing and trying something different, being agile, being able to pivot, do something different. You know, if you've not generated good results from the Google Ads, for example, it doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't work for you, you need to switch them off, but you might need new keywords, new creative, new content, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes this may be um, you know, rash decisions are made sometimes to that doesn't work, so stop. Um, but it's definitely more a case of pivoting. And what might not work for you one time might work another, you know, depending on what industry you're in, seasonalities could affect it, um, you know, your customer buying behaviors could affect the way things are working. So there's so many elements you have to take into account. It's about knowing all of that. And that's what obviously Sarah means when she's talking about the data. What are all your different data points that you can reference that will allow you to make a decision on what is and isn't working for you? So I guess sort of shifting your focus into, I guess an example that would be so, this customer wants to buy in this particular way so that's how we're going to sell to those people not necessarily just trying to do the same thing over and over again smash yeah. it um just sorry Joe, just had a yeah yeah carry on you think you need to give it time as well you need to imagine that it's at least you know have its course before you do anything drastic like i said and kind of pull the plug it's changing not uh, pulling out and um, i'm also a big fan of the fail fast fail often mentality as well like Get out there, do it. And if it doesn't work, then just change it up. But don't just yeah, 
try it, it doesn't work, okay, it's failed. It's just start going out there, failing and then failing again until you get it, get it right. Absolutely. Carl, any thoughts on this one? So how much value do you assign to sort of experimenting and testing in terms of uh, knowing when to change things up then? Yeah, a huge amount because, you know, it's, it's fair of saying that as well. I think for me, the thing is with marketing, it's about having an understanding of the people you're engaging with and, and trying to talk to and, and communicate with. And so you've got to be so insights led all the time as to, you know, if Google Ads works today, considering that there's no huge changes to the platform. It will work tomorrow, all things being equal. But the thing that will change is the audience because that's an entity that's just constantly evolving and changing. So you've got to be really insights led to understand what do they want, where are they, what do they want to hear from me, how do they want to hear it. And so we always allocate a good amount, um, or sort of an amount of budget of campaigns testing. Like I said, with this IT company, you know, if we can allocate some extra budget to trying to, we'll, we'll submit kind of wild card creative that's different to everything else that they've got to say, right, let's try this. And and that's where the real gems have come from as well. Is stuff you didn't expect. We had the same thing in a financial planning campaign recently, where one of the creative assets we used was so different to everything else, but that was the one that performed the best. So testing is really, really important um, because that's the way that you find what does and doesn't work. I think the key sort of thing to remember is, especially if you're A-B testing, try to only change one thing at a time. Otherwise, you're not going to know what variable caused the, the eventual impact. You know, people change their copy and their creative and they go, oh, great, it worked. But actually, it was one of the two that might have done it. And now you've got to do the test again. Or So just kind of stick to one variable at a time is a really key thing. That's a great point, Carl. That's very, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, we have actually been sent a question in from the audience. So, uh, Steve, prepare yourself. I'm going to come to you for this one. How do you get high quality traffic to your site on a non-existent budget? So we'll go on to each of you. If you've got one tip for each of you, that would be smashing. Steve, your thoughts? Um, I think the key is to appear on lots of webinars um, and make sure you get <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> there without, uh, without having to pay or be paid for it. But it's, I, I think that the social angle is, is really, really strong. Um, it's a way of building your brand with, without having to spend money on ads. That's my top tip. Uh, I think Sarah? Oh, sorry, Carl, go jump in. Um, no, my point of view is just kind of around um, be really consistent with what you're doing and don't, you know, if it doesn't work within a month of posting five times a week, don't give up on it just yet. You've got to keep cracking on because it might not be the fact that people are liking, commenting, engaging. But actually, if you look at the stats and the analytics, it's probably people still coming through to your site. Um, look at the difference if you post on LinkedIn, see 20 views and 100 likes. It's a very different ratio. People are seeing it, they're clicking through, but don't just sort of base it on the likes and have that consistency long term. And it will definitely come. Thanks very much. Sarah, are you going next? <laughs> I think, yeah, just being consistent across your channels really um, can, can also help. You know, Steve was saying how how important social can be from a, an organic sense. Um, but, yeah, just making sure that your messaging, uh, your creative and, and everything else is consistent across whatever channels you're using. Yeah, consistency and, yeah, uh, again, hammering the same point now but it is an excellent point to be making is yeah 100 percent uh think, charles sorry, we'll come to you i was just going to say oh, about no, making, sure that you're, making sure that your website is set to be crawlable as well as crawlable as possible making sure that it is as we were saying earlier fit for purpose um and and, and a good experience yeah sleek and shiny 
<laughs> um, I was just going to say, uh, echo what Carl and Sarah said, really, in terms of consistency, taking building a brand, if you're doing that work, regardless of what you're doing that, especially on social, takes time and takes time to build an audience and get um, organic if you're not using um, paid or have, have little budget. So, yeah, stick with it and, yeah, be consistent to your brand and try and do something different. I agree with what has been said, but also just to offer a different perspective. So if you have no budget, can you borrow someone else's budget or platform? You know, reach out to people that you know, like the power of networking. Do you know someone else who could promote your business? Do you have a connection with another company that could provide a link back on their website to your website that could drive traffic? So really tap into the people that you know to borrow their space of what they're doing. Obviously, or this could be like influencers, sending them a free gift, getting them to post about on their platform. So there's loads of ways with no budget, you can tap into large audiences by reaching out to the people that already have that audience and engaging with them and, and borrowing some of their space. Absolutely. Sorry, on well. Someone mentioned it earlier as well, but um, the people in your company, they've already got an audience. So if they're comfortable with doing it using them as a, a vessel to promote your company or brand, 